This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Jazzcast Pros. Hello and welcome back to High Vibe Table Talks. This is your host, Mershon Hargrave. Today we talk with Jana Willoughby-Lore, who's an artist, a poet, musician, and entrepreneur. She's based in Buffalo and she owns Paper Craft Miracles, which specializes in handcrafted paper art and gifts that bring meaning to people's lives. Jana has such a wonderful story. We met, um, I think, on LinkedIn a few months ago, and as I was putting down some people I wanted to interview, her story definitely popped in my head because I really wanted to talk about saying yes to opportunities, even though you're not quite sure where they're going to go. And she has so many of those times sprinkled throughout her history as an entrepreneur and just as a person. The conversation we get into it is two parts because we just had so much to dive into. So this week and next week's episode will both be featuring Jana willoughby Lore. But let's get into the conversation. Ugh, I'm struggling to hire the right people for my team. Oh, you need L21 Solutions. Uh, but I don't want to use a recruiting agency. L21 Solutions is an agency. They help employers who feel stuck learn to recruit so they can hire quality talent. Sounds like I need L21 Solutions. Yeah, they offer a one-hour recruitment audit for only $247. That's less than I spend on a job posting. Visit L21Solutions.com to schedule your recruitment audit today. Rate is subject to change. Hello, and welcome back to the High Vibe Table Talks, the podcast to help you, the cautiously ambitious woman, move mental barriers and take action now so that you can achieve your someday desires. I'm Rashawn Hargrave, your host and owner of High Vibe Cowork. I'm Jonna Willoughby-Lore, and my company is called Papercraft Miracles. It's an eco-friendly handmade paper art company. We make magical things out of paper that make people happy. We make decorative handmade papers and stationery. We make paper flowers that look hella real, that you have to go touch them because people don't believe that they're made out of paper. We make a lot of hand-bound books and do book repair. And we also make a lot of plantable seed bombs that grow when you plant them in the ground. But our main jam is doing sustainable weddings and events. But we do a lot of corporate swag, corporate events, nonprofit stuff, B2B and just rando custom orders. So you have an Etsy shop or a website? We have both, but we mainly use the website. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely put a link to your website in the, in the show notes, because you're right. The stuff that you create is so beautiful. It's so powerful that like what you serve the world with, I think is joy and doing it in a sustainable way is even more impactful. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, my main jam out of everything that I do is fostering connection between people, sparking conversations, and really intentionally and purposefully creating those moments that people have those conversations that change their life forever. I do everything I can do to make that happen as often as possible. I love talking with entrepreneurs who have that sort of heart-centered focus. What are some high-vibe activities that help fuel you and your business or you and your life? Hmm, High-vibe activities. I mean... I think the things that I do are not necessarily things that other people would do. It's funny. I was having a conversation with my brother last night and he said that I'm the kind of person that I'm like a shark. Like I can't slow down or stop. 
you know, because I'll die. So um, <laughs> my main like high vibe things is going out and performing, doing speaking engagements, that kind of stuff, networking mm-hmm. events, being around other people and sharing with other people like energizes the crap out of me. Just coming up with new ideas, reading poetry, honestly, and hearing mm. other people read poetry because thinking about the way that other people have different experiences and think about the world can really open up the way that you think about the world. And uh, I, I like working in my garden. Yeah, I feel that. What type of garden do you have? Are you a flower gardener, a vegetable gardener? Almost exclusively flowers and other mm-hmm. cutesy plants and stuff like that. Awesome. So do you set aside time every week to like think up new ideas? Like how do you carve out time to like brainstorm? I have ADHD. So my brain is always thinking of new ideas and Mm -hmm. it thinks of the most ideas while I'm actively doing something else. So, I mean, that's part of the great thing about working with my hands is that I'm doing things with my hands and my brain can like do whatever it wants while I'm doing that because I don't necessarily need to think about what I'm doing because it's all like muscle memory. Yeah. Uh, one of my assistants in my my company said that she's tasking herself to come up with one good idea every day. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a new product or something like that, but like just one good idea. So that's been working really well, actually, with her coming up with one good idea every day. That's a really cool challenge. Yeah. And it also makes sense why things like yoga and gardening are things that you're attracted to because it's another way to like be moving your body, moving your hands while your brain has the opportunity to like decompress, think about things that kind of bubble up from your subconscious and give you space away from your business, away from like hectic stuff to just let whatever comes up, come up. Yeah. And doing yoga, working in my garden, swimming too, and like Mm. that kind of stuff being, being out in nature in general is just, it's the kind of thing where for me, it's like exercise and church at the same time. Because life is super hectic, super busy. Mm-hmm. Try not to say that a lot, but it it just is, you know, like that's the world we live in, especially if you have kids and yeah, finding time to, as they say, do self-care and exercise, which is not self-care. It's, it's like healthcare. It's not the same. But, you know, as a, as a super hectic, busy mompreneur, trying to find time to actually exercise is really difficult. So I like to kind of combine moving myself around, moving my body and doing something that's productive at the same time. So like going to yoga for me is like, that's my time to like meditate and like ground my body and stretch back out and and do that kind of thing. And then I'm working in the garden. That's like my, my cardio and my weightlifting, like having bags of mulch and that kind of stuff. And I'll definitely like work myself way harder working in the garden than I would like doing some stupid exercise class, you know, like yeah. I'm not going to want to do that, but like I'll be disgusting and sweaty and covered in dirt in the garden and be sore for like two days and then feel really good about it. Yeah. And I'm so excited that you brought some of that stuff up because I can't wait to to dive into more of that. What I really want the takeaway from this episode to be is the power of saying yes to things. Um, I think when we first started chatting, I fell in love with your story because I just find it so inspiring. The things that you said yes to when you weren't really sure where it was going to go, how it was going to end up. And it's, it'll be an interesting juxtaposition because a couple of weeks ago, I did an episode about having a relationship with no and how important that is. What I first want to start off with is saying yes to going full-time in your business. Cause that's something that um, you did a few years ago, I just recently did. And I think it's so powerful. So tell us about the time when you said yes to going full time. 
I had been running my company as like a really small side gig for like 12 years while I worked full time. And then I got pregnant with our first son. And my after I went on maternity leave for three months, half of which was completely unpaid, my company that I was working for said, well, we don't want to work with you to work from home. So you have to, you know, either come back full time or figure something else out. And I just said to him, I was like, look, you don't pay me enough to cover healthcare and daycare. So it's not worth mm-hmm. it for me to go to work for, like full time, 40 hours a week, pay someone else to raise my kid and come home with negative dollars. Like it's not, it's not worth it. Like if I'm going to mm-hmm. be away from my kid all day long, I'm going to be doing what I love instead of what you love, you know? So I was really nervous about not having a paycheck. We had just bought a huge building with a huge mortgage at the time too. So it was like very financially stressful. But my husband was like, look, you know, it just, it doesn't make sense to do that. We're going to be in in a worse place if you go back to work. So uh, you might as well just stay home and quote unquote, do your book thing. That's what he said to me. (laughs) And so I did, I quit my, quit my jobby job in 2016, January 1st, 2016. um, And and did my book thing. And man, I did it up. As soon as I quit my job, I hired a company that I knew locally to help me rebrand and start building a new website that you could actually buy things online because I'd never had time to do that before. And so I just spent a ton of time like being at home with my kid and working on my website and building up my social media and stuff like that because I was home with the baby. And I was like, I can't really, you know, be out on the town networking everywhere because I, you know, have a nursing baby. So I was like, how can I, you know, increase my brand awareness in a way that's a free B easy to do from home. So I started building up my Facebook and building up my Instagram and doing these kind of like behind the scenes videos and pictures and stuff of how I was making things and what I was making and what it was like to quit your job and be, be a full-time mompreneur. And, you know, all at the same time, I was also like learning how to be a mother too. So it was, Mm. none of that was easy at all. Um, and then adjusting to life without a paycheck, which is really difficult. Yeah. Like my husband is supportive, but also doesn't get it. You know, like when you say, oh, do your book thing. Like that's, you know, he doesn't truly understand like what I'm doing, but he's also very supportive in the same way. It's cool to go out and kind of find community who does get it. You know, in a way, it sounds like you knew you had to do it in a way that would support your lifestyle. You know, going back to work wasn't going to support the lifestyle that you wanted to live, you know? And so saying yes to going full time and then doing it in a way that would allow you to spend time, you know, building your family and was easy, not easy. I shouldn't say easy. That's probably not not the right word because building a business is not easy, but in a way that just felt good to you is really cool. So the next yes that I wanted to talk about was your pivot. When you started, you did a lot of things that were event focused, um, like invitations and things like that. And then during 2020, that wasn't a thing. So tell us about what that was like for you, that conversation. I mean, as soon as March 2020 happened and everything shut down, and at first we were like, is it only going to be two weeks? (laughs) Um, (laughs) What we were crazy, but yeah, I mean, once it was becoming apparent that there were not going to be any weddings or big events or anything like that for the foreseeable future, I was like, shit, man, like, what am I supposed to do? I have this like luxury wedding event business and none of that is happening. What am I supposed to do now? I've been working with uh, a coach and one of the things that they just constantly are focusing on is, you know, how do you serve people? How do you serve people with what you do? 
And I just really dug deep into why I started doing this whole business in the first place. And I created this company and the idea of it when I was in college, while I was struggling with losing my mom and having my dorm burned to the ground on her birthday. Oh my God. When I was 20 years old. And then still having to continue to go to school <laughs> at the same time while, you know, dealing with all of the grief and all of the bureaucracy and crap of having to like, you know, inherit a house with no will and all this other <laughs> high level adulting that most 20 year olds don't ever have to like think about. So in the middle of all that, I started making a ton of artwork and artist books and installation type work, mainly in like paper and book arts. That's my, my jam. Mm-hmm. And I started making all these books where like the form and the design and the illustrations and the words and the materials and how you interact with it works together to create like one bigger concept or a bigger idea. And so I started making all these and I started sharing them with other people talking about my experiences with grief and trauma and what do you do next? And I would show these books to people and they would cry. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high-quality recordings regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. Oh, and I had the chills. I had so many people. I mean, like people I went to school with, professors, you know, all all these different ranges of people. And so many people said to me like, wow, I didn't even realize that I was dealing with some shit until, Mm -hmm. until I had that experience of interacting with this piece of art like that. And it's like the type of art that I do is a lot like visual storytelling, you know, like, so you get, you know, the audio part of the story and, you know, like a storytelling aspect, show and tell kind of jam, but you actually have like the tactile experience of holding something in your hands. And like, you can hear the way the paper feels when you open it and stuff like that. So making it more of like a full body kind of experience to help people figure out a way to, you know, deal with someone else's experiences or their own. So when everything shut down due to COVID, I was like, what do people need right now? I was like, what is my jam? I'm like, I know how to help people connect with each other when they don't know what to say. And, you know, the world was freaking crashing and burning. (laughs) Nobody could like even see anybody else. You know, they were like waving from the lawn and stuff like that. And, you know, especially anyone who had parents and who were in a nursing home or anything like that. I mean, it was like a long time before anyone could physically connect with somebody. So I immediately like, you know, March, 2020, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to pivot back to this, to the roots of why I started doing this in the first place to help people connect with each other and in a tangible way. So I started doing only custom gifts, all my marketing and stuff like that was to like help people connect. And I made so many paper flower bouquets for mother's day in 2020 to Mm -hmm. send to mothers all over the country and stuff like that. And just like really special custom things. We made a ton of flowers for COVID funerals because people couldn't go and the flower shops were all closed. So we did stuff like that where, you know, the flowers could be purchased for an event, like a tiny, tiny event. It could only have two, three people there, 
but they could keep the same flowers for years. And then when it was safe to get back together, people would get back together. So I did a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. This is why I was so excited to have this conversation. Cause I think that that message is just so powerful and so cool. Like just to say, why did I start this? You know, eight years later, you were able to tap back into why did I start this? What what was my purpose when I dove into this? And how did I want to serve people then? And how can I ask myself that same question eight years later? And and I think it also goes back to too, like when we were first talking about like doing things with your hands and letting your brain kind of go where it needs to, I think in a time of grief and when you're 20 and dealing with the loss of your mom and all that high level parenting things or adulting things that you were talking about, having something to do with your hands gave you a way to also process through those things because grief is not linear. Figuring those things out is not simple. It's not like, oh, you just do this and then you're over it or you figure, you know what I mean? There's so much mental stuff that goes along with it. You know, I lost my mom when I was 16 and, and it just, it's a very complex time. And I'll never forget my science teacher was like, you're going to be so excited for the time when someone asks you, how are you? And not really care. Because for like so long, people ask you like, how are you doing? And it's like, they're doing it out of like condolences and concern, you know, like Mm. they mean well, but sometimes it's like, can I not think about that for like 10 minutes while I go to class? Like, (laughs) yeah, people are like, how are you? And you're like, you don't really want to know. Right. (laughs) Right. You don't, you know, and That's partly why I was making all of those books in the first place, because dealing with grieving people, like people don't know what to do. They're like, I should buy this card with freaking glitter all over it. Cause that's what grieving people want. No, they don't. They don't want that shit. They don't want a big (laughs) pile of cards. It's annoying. Like, you know, I I get that people like mean well in that Mm -hmm. situation, but people end up saying things that are like really shitty and (laughs) insensitive, but they don't mean to be like that. But Mm -hmm. they're like, Oh, you know, good to see you back out there or whatever. And you're like, well, I have to, you know, continue to exist here. It's not, you know, I'm not doing this willingly or anything like that. Um, And I just remember. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. After I lost my mom, I had a professor at school who had lost his mom. And he I was really close to him and talking to him a lot about all sorts of different things. My teacher for Buddhism in America, coolest hmm. teacher ever. And I asked him maybe a couple of days after my mom died, I was like, you know, does this, does this feeling, this, you know, this grief, this whole, this emptiness, like, does it ever go away? He's like, nope, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's like, you just get used to the way that it sucks. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's so right. I mean, it's been, I've had more years without my mom than I've had with her and it doesn't go away. And there's still, you know, times where it just, hits you like a ton of bricks and sneaks up on you and kicks your yeah. ass. Like that. And I wanted to a start making some artwork to find some joy in the relationship that we had and to mm. kind of map out like, what, what do you do? 
you know, it's like grief is grief is what happens to you, but healing is what you do next. Like, what do you do after something awful happens? Mm, And, you know, like I'm really, I'm really interested in people's stories, especially like coming of age stories and stuff like that. And just, you know, hearing about the things that people have been through and what they learned from those things and what they can teach other people from those things. And since I was 20 years old and most of the people around me, you know, I had a couple of close friends who kind of knew what was up, who had lost a parent, but most people at 20 years old have not lost their parents. So mm-hmm. it was like, I need to figure out a way to kind of share what I'm going through in a way that people aren't like, well, that's awkward. Don't cry on me. Eh, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> you know? So I started making these books and the people I showed them to were like, Whoa, <laughs> like, Hey, I didn't know that that's what it was like, but I didn't know how much hearing about that and experiencing that in a way that wasn't just, oh, they're there can help them heal through their own things that they hadn't thought about or didn't know how to say or didn't know how to address or, you know, even open up that box. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. You never know, like when you have a conversation with somebody And that is the conversation that changes the way they think forever. Like you never know when that might happen. And so I think trying to be as intentional as possible when you're speaking to people and communicating with people and sharing your own experiences about the world and just whenever you can letting people know that what they're doing is awesome or what they're doing is not so awesome. And, you know, (laughs) like making those moments happen because that's how you change the world. You know, it's like, you can't, you can't change the whole world at once. Even Greta Thunberg can't turn change the whole world at once, mm-hmm. you know, mighty yeah. as she is, but you know, the best way that you can affect change in the world is one person at a time. Wow. So deep. And so much there. <laughs> I love, I love the thought is of like grief is something that happens to you. And then healing is what you do next. Like that's really powerful. And you have to hold space for both. You know, you can't hurry. You can't, grief isn't efficient. Like you said it, it, you know, but the healing is the proactive part that you have in it. Grief can feel like you don't have any control over it. Whereas healing feels like this is something that I can do for myself. I know there's like a lot of people who kind of have lost somebody and then that person's birthday comes up or the Mm -hmm. anniversary of the day that they die comes up and they kind of like amp themselves up for that day being super shitty Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be, you know, and I've taken to like, if somebody loses somebody and you know, you happens all the time. It's the world we live in. The older you get, the more people, you know, who die. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, you see that Facebook post where someone's like sharing something about someone that they love that they lost. And it's, you know, you see 500 comments. So sorry for your loss. So sorry for your loss. So sorry for your loss. Like that's the new wave glittery card. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> people say it, it's nice for them to do it, but really it doesn't mean anything. No, very overwhelming. What do you do with that? Say thank you to every single person. And that's that. When I see posts like that, I try to say something like, you know, thanks for sharing this memory about them and sharing who they were with me. And when you're ready, I would love to hear your favorite things about them. Mm. Because like, that's the, for me anyway, that's the best thing that you can do when mm-hmm. someone is gone is to really work to solidify all the things that 
made them amazing in the world and yeah. to share those with as many people as possible, because the longer you get out from when you lost somebody, those memories start to fade. And, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of have a handful of things that you think about regularly. And if you're, you know, full of a lot of regrets and things like that, or, you know, you're constantly thinking about the mistakes that you might've made or bad things that you said, or that, you know, that doesn't really help honor their memory very well ask them to share the things that they love most about that person and their favorite memories and to tell those stories. And we don't have a lot of spoken history anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like people back in the day, like that's how people learned about anybody was hearing stories about the ancestors. And, you know, now people aren't telling those stories. They're not doing that. And, you know, people will make some Facebook posts or, you know, like some stuff like that and, you know, share a handful of photos about that person. But we're really, the world we live in is really isolated from each other. We're not out hanging clothes on the line anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. like you don't have those experiences. Most people do not have those experiences of like having, you know, a close neighborhood or a fam, like a big family full of people to share those experiences with. So I don't know, just kind of giving people that option to say, Hey, I do want to hear about that person. Yeah. You know, I do want you to keep sharing them with me and I, you know, let them live. Yeah. on. That. We don't even have campfire TVs anymore where like we have one TV in the living room, the whole family sits down and watches one show together. We all have like mini TVs or like, you know, we're on our phones or we have TVs in our bedrooms or we have, you know, we don't have the kind of that, like solidifying thing that brings us all together where we can share that stuff. And I think that that's, it's really cool that you connected something so like complex and deep with your business and you have to be really intentional. And so you're, you're serving the world with something that allows people to be intentional about creating that in their life. As we dive into this episode, we will talk about being a mompreneur. And as busy mompreneurs, delegating is crucial. And if you're looking to hire, we would love for you to check out our episode sponsor, L21 Solutions. They have a free upcoming event on creating collaborative pipelines with local universities to recruit top-tier talent. Amanda and Crystal are local Rochesterians that started L21 Solutions, where they revolutionize the way companies approach talent acquisition. Join them at the Pittsburgh Library on September 19th at 6.30 p.m. for free. Thank you again to L21 Solutions for sponsoring this podcast and learn more in the show notes. Girl, where have you been? I haven't seen you at work in a while. Girl, I quit and started my own business. Really? That's amazing. How did you do it? Well, I've been listening to this Beauty Boss Millionaire podcast, and it really helped me change my mindset from an employee to a CEO. All that from a podcast? Yes, the Beauty Boss Millionaire walks you through the process of starting a business and making your first million. I need that in my life. I need someone to help me. Just go to beautybossmillionaire.com or pull it up on your favorite podcast app. It's time to boss up. So you did say you are a mompreneur, three kids. Mm -hmm. Yes. So how do you balance saying yes to all of those things? Like saying yes to your family, saying yes to the business, saying yes to yourself and saying no to things. Like how do you, how do you balance all that? My husband really balances a lot of those things for me Mm. (laughs) because he knows that I am a yes person and he is a, you probably can't do that person. (laughs) Not in a bad way. I mean, he's very much a realist. Like he's not Mm -hmm. a pessimist kind of person, but he's a realist. So 
in a time where I'm like, I have complete time blindness. You know, I'm like, I've got plenty of time to take a shower and clean the bathroom and cook dinner and do this. He's like, you have 12 minutes. You don't have (laughs) to do any of those things. What are you talking about? But I would say like, you know, the best thing in, in my life, like the only reason I can do any of the things that I do a, I have a really awesome village. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Like I have an amazing family and amazing friends who care about me and care about my kids and care about my family and care about my work and my art and know that it's important and do whatever they can do to help me continue to do this while also being a mom. And mm-hmm. I totally recognize that there's a lot of people out there who don't have that. So I'm every day I'm like super, super grateful for the people in my life who really support me and what I do. And they see the vision and they're like, let's, let's do this. But I think in general, moms especially have a really hard time asking for help and just admitting that you can't do it all. You shouldn't do it all. Uh, and you shouldn't have to do it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's probably, you know, like a lot of people have seen the Instagram posts from people who are like, yeah, but you know, like it's doing it all made sense, you know, like cooking, cooking dinner every night and keeping the house clean and doing everything for the kids and blah, blah. That made sense when you could support a family with one person working, Mm -hmm. but you can't do that anymore. You can't, you know, the vast majority of families, if they have one parent that stays home, it's out of necessity because they can't afford daycare. So I mean, having a husband that has a a good, pretty good salary to be able to kind of weather the entrepreneurship storms for me, where sometimes I can only pay my staff and not pay myself, which I don't highly recommend unless you need to. But for me, keeping my staff employed because they make a lot of the things, right? Mm -hmm. Most of the things that we make, I've trained them at this point. So I like go out and get orders and like I kind of the creative director and whatnot, but they do a lot of the making and I need them because I have little kids. Mm -hmm. and it's a lot easier for me to pay them to work several days a week baking things than it is for me to pay a babysitter and not be with my kids. Mm -hmm. So I don't really work. I wouldn't say I work full time. I don't, I have like three and a half, usually three and a half days of childcare every week. And it's not even a whole day. Like (laughs) I definitely do not spend the whole time that I have childcare in my office. You know, like my, my childcare gets here between eight 30 and nine o'clock and I'm not in my office till like 11. So Mm -hmm. I mean, I have that hour to drink coffee and eat breakfast and take a shower and, you know, like pay bills and like do that kind of stuff before I go and get in my office. So for every mompreneur out there, like ask for help, ask for help, ask for help and take it when it's offered. I'm excited to keep this conversation going. We did break this episode up into two, two parts. And I think it's so powerful to end on saying this part on saying yes to help. Like you just said, ask for it and say yes when people offer it. I think that's something that we kind of can wear as badges as like mompreneurs of like, I did it myself. And like, you don't get a gold star because you didn't ask for help and did it all by yourself. You know, like you get to where you want to be faster with community. And I totally believe that whether it is like the community supporting your family, the community supporting your business. And in the next part of the episode, I really am excited to get into the community that you use to support your business, as well as the really big project that you said yes to that is just a really, really cool story. So I'm excited to get into that part um, in the next episode. Mm 
Hey, if you like this episode, check out Getting Real with Bossy, where we chat about what it's like to be a woman business owner. You'll hear interviews with women who are doing what it takes to succeed and the reality of what that looks like. We cover all the topics, figuring out the rules and regulations, navigating business partnerships, even if that's your spouse, motherhood while running a business, working within your values, and all the ups and downs of being the boss. Are you ready to get real? Pop over to our podcast, Getting Real with Bossy. How wonderful was that conversation? And that was just part one. Wait until you hear part two, where we really dive into this experience that literally changed her life. There are so many ups and downs to it, but I just love the fact that Jonna has shown us how to say yes, even though you're not quite sure what the end is going to look like. So definitely tune in next week to part two of our conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. Thank you for tuning in. This is High Vibe Table Talks because it's high time you activated your high vibes.